Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries podcast. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. Whenever a speaker would come to my church growing up, the first part of the service was always him introducing his family. Um, so I don't have a wife to introduce to you, but I do have. Um, this is Shane. This is my best friend. Uh, he makes me really happy. He's, I call him my big Mexican. Uh, he's super sweet and cute, as you can tell. Um, incredible fashion choices. Learn from the best, as you can see. Uh, he's an incredible guy. He's my roommate. He's been my best friend for the last four years. Uh, and me and him and my other friend, Matt, are all living together now. We're not married. Don't tell anybody. But we are living together. So it's been a lot of fun getting to go through life with him. Uh, and then I, the next part of the service is where you introduce your kids, right? And everybody's like, ah. So this is also Shane um, when he was four. Uh, <laughs> isn't he the cutest thing in the world? He's so precious. Oh, he's a little gordito. He's so, he's so cute. Um, and that's Harambe, I assume. I'm not actually sure. I think it is. Introductions are over. Let's, let's get down to it. Um, perfect. So tonight, we're going to be going through uh, Matthew chapter 5. You guys have been kind of working through this already. Um, I pulled the stand up, and now I'm just going to hold my phone because it seems easier. Uh, so we'll read through it a section at a time. How's that sound? I was going to say we'll all read through, the same, through it at the same time, but that's too much work. So let's just go through a section at a time. Jesus says, it's in red, it's fancy. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Ooh, that's fun. So if you're offering a gift at the altar and there, remember, your brother has something against you, well, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Ooh. Amen, you know. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. You're going to jail for a long time. Testify. Maybe I am a good preacher. Who knows? Well, that was intense. We're just starting out, right? And already Jesus is like, hey, so you're going to go to hell and then prison. And that's not fun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Warm fuzzies. I love it. Oh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. Oh, man. Room full of teenagers, we're going to talk about sex. How great is this? Oh. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Gross. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you, use, you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. There's a pun there that I can't tell you about. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go to hell. Jesus. Oh, he's so sweet. So kind to me. Good, good father. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. 
But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman, woman, women, ooh, the plural is dangerous there, woman commits adultery. Jesus is going nuts in this section. I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit. You guys have a basic understanding of what's kind of happened in the Bible. Let's think about the Old Testament and make it super, just really plain. God said, hey, here's my law. Here's some rules to follow. Do these and everything will be great. If you keep up your end of the bargain, I'll keep up my end of the bargain. So if you will just like not kill people, then I'll take care of you and protect you. If you won't commit adultery all the time, well, then I'll take care of you and give you food and water and not let you be murdered. Like, I'll help you. If you'll follow me and not other gods, then I will protect you, take care of you, etc. Get the, the picture? So that's how we start out. And then and he gives this covenant to Israel, and Israel's like, okay, I'm going to do all of those things you said not to do. That sounds fun. Let's go, let's go worship other gods with prostitutes. So we can get two with one stone, you know? We're going to just knock them all out. Over and over, we see, we see Israel constantly. I'm going to put this really high up. Who put that there? Israel over and over and over again consistently is just really not good at keeping these rules, right? Constantly, we, we see, this is a fun fact, the word that God uses to describe Israel, the, I think the second most often, is whore. How great is that? So often, he compares them to, to hookers. Because he says, you guys are totally unfaithful. I've said so often, love me, come after me, care for me, keep my commands, and you've said, no, I, I really just don't want to, so I'm going to not. They haven't been able to keep the rules, right? God gave them laws, they couldn't keep it. And that's why this passage is so frustrating. When we think about Jesus, what stuff that we think about? Jesus is our, um, our loving advocate, right? He's the one who... who um, he intercedes for us to the Father, prays for us. He loves us. He died for us. He cared for us. But for some reason, these rules that we already couldn't keep, he has made more difficult. What? Jesus! Why? Why would you do this to us? That's mean. Like, we... We sucked at doing this before, and so you're like, okay, I can fix it. Now it's harder to do. <laughs> what? What is your deal, Jesus? So now it's not like, hey, don't have sex with other women. Now it's like, don't even think about it. And I know most guys in here are like, it's been 10 minutes and like four times. Like, dang it. He's saying, he's saying, hey, don't, you, you, you used to, it was just like, hey, just don't kill people. Okay, I cannot kill people. Hey, don't even think, hey, you're an idiot. I guarantee you, you thought that at least 10 times a day at school. Promise you. <laughs> Do you see how difficult this is? I know I did. I don't even go to school. I'm just at home with my roommates, and I'm still like, you freaking dummies. I swear. Put a donut in a toaster the other day. 
It's not important. <laughs> it's, it's its own thing. Why is he making this more difficult? We couldn't do it before, Jesus. What makes you think that all of a sudden, now we can not only keep the old rules, but we can do the harder ones? What is your deal, Jesus? My dad always told me there's no such thing as a bad short sermon. So we're going to keep this kind of decently brief. We see in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right? Chapter 5, verse 17, we see this phrase. This this sentence. Paul says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creature. You've heard, have you heard the language of being born again before? You know what I'm talking about? Which sounds super nasty. Like, I'm not going back in there. Not today. Be born again, that is, that's an, an interesting thing. And this idea of new creation, like we've heard the, the, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Um, Colossians chapter 3, this verse, it says, if, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. You've died with Christ, we think about, we have an understanding of that salvation. We've died. We're dead. We've been raised with Christ in his resurrection. Something's different. Something has died, and something new has, has come up. And our question of, I think our question becomes why? This passage is difficult to preach because Jesus does a great job of it. He's very blatant, like just this and this and this and you're done. You guys can read it and see what it is we're supposed to do. And my question is, why is it happening? And I think it's because of what Jesus is actually doing. Something is different. Something has changed inside of us. There's something entirely new that wasn't the way that it used to be before. I like stories. I'm going to tell you guys a story. I also really like your stage. This is so cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I'm going to tell you guys a story. When I was, I think I was 16, it was New Year's Eve. So at my youth group, uh, every New Year's Eve to New Year's, we had a lock-in. Uh, and if you guys don't know what a lock-in is, you take a bunch of, of, uh, of uh, teenagers and you just shove them in one building forever. <laughs> and it's so much fun. It's so, and you just really, like, they're like, yeah, there's adult supervision. No, there's not. They're like, go in here, go in this room and just take care of yourselves. Please don't die. Last year what happened, we had a guy, literally, he, so like our pews were bolted into the floor. And he was running and he tripped over himself and he fell down and he hit his ear on the pew so hard that he ripped it out of the concrete floor. And, just, and our youth pastor goes, hey, you Okay. There's blood just, okay. That's what a lock-in is. There's no blood. It wasn't real. So we had a lock-in. I'm up this whole night. To top it off, I work at a fireworks stand. 
over this break, over Christmas break. And we get done on New Year's. So I've been at the fireworks stand all day, come to this lock-in, am partying hard all night, in, in Jesus' name, partying hard all night. And I get up the next morning. I guess I never really got up. I leave the next morning. And as I'm in the car, I get a call from my cousin. His name's Josh. Me and Josh have a fun time sometimes. He's insane. He's like me, except he doesn't have standards. He just kind of does things. So Josh is about 35. Josh, for Christmas, just got two two new four-wheelers. And he said, hey, Kendall, you know, come over to my house and ride some four-wheelers around. And I said, boy, let's go ride some four-wheelers around. So I go over to his house, and I obviously haven't slept in 24, 36 hours, uh, and, which is exactly the state you want to be in when you're about to ride a four-wheeler, of course. And so we get over there, and, and something's new, something's different. He, he's given me a four-wheeler um, that I don't know how to drive. It's, a, it's not an automatic. You have to shift gears to drive it. Um, and I'm like, I don't know how to drive. I'm just kind of four-wheeler. I don't know what to do. I said, no problem, buddy. We're going to teach you how to drive four-wheeler. So he sits behind me, you know, like my wife would on a motorcycle and just kind of straddles me. He's like, Ash, what you going to do? You're going to drive? You're going to hit the clutch and you're going to shift. And you're going to shift and you shift again, etc. cetera. So finally, I've learned how to drive this four-wheeler. Now let me tell you about this four-wheeler. This four-wheeler was a 2013 Honda. That doesn't just make you tingle. I don't know what will. It's a beautiful specimen. It was silver, so that means it went faster. It had, so like where like the normal like speedometer is, it had like digital numbers. And on that, it also had like the temperature outside, the barometric pressure. It would let you know when your pasta was done cooking. It was incredible. Just piece of like, a fine piece of machinery. And so he teaches me how to drive it. And I mean, we are flying around his property. Just, it's great. And I felt like a, I felt so cool. I felt like such a cool person. So, after that, something different happened. He, he says, hey, do you want to race? <laughs> Boy, you know I want to race. I want to take you down, son. Going, down. Yeah, let's race. I'm all about it. He said, well, I got another four-wheeler right over here. We can race. There was a difference in the four-wheelers. A large difference. So the other one, pristine, 2013 Honda. Beautiful. His second four-wheeler had three wheels. For something to be called a four-wheeler, it should have three, more than three wheels, roughly and less than five, somewhere in that area. This four-wheeler was made in 1853. Abraham Lincoln rode this four-wheeler. It was a Suzuki. It's the noise you make when you're about to throw up. Suzuki! Where it normally had a speedometer, the other one had the digital one, this one had one that was always going negative 30 miles an hour. And he said, you're going to ride that one. Okay. It's a good girl. Okay, we gonna okay, please don't hurt me. I'm so sorry. It ran on coal. It was amazing. And so Josh says, Are right, you ready to race? And I said, Okay, we can race now. I'm ready. 
I'm right here. We can race. So I know how to shift now, which is nice. I know how to drive a four-wheeler. Um, kind of picture his, his, his property with me, okay? Um, imagine there's a square here. So his house is in the middle, and then there's a lot, right around three acres of his yard. And then there's a pasture over here closed off by uh, a barbed wire fence. That's the rest of this. And then there's a tree line in the back and then the road in the front here, okay? So road, fence, tree line, neighbors over here. But there's this big area. So we're, our plan is we've made a little route. We're going to go in a circle. We pull out. That's a weird sound of four-wheeler. It's coals. I get through first gear. I get through second gear. Third, fourth. I'm in fifth gear wide open. And we come to the first turn. The first turn was this one. Barbed wire fence. Sometimes when you turn, you slow down. That's a good, that's a smart idea for a turn, right? You should slow down when, because you don't want to die, you know. For those of you about to start driving, slow down and you're, and so most four-wheelers have these nifty little things called brakes, right? And so you, you grab the brake and then you'll go less fast because it's a brake. That's how it works on the other four-wheeler. So I'm trying, fifth gear wide open, going 200 miles an hour. Coming up on the fence, and I'm like, oh, hey, I should slow down. Hey, Josh! Hey, Josh, you're not. Hey, slow down. Wait a sec. Fifth gear wide open, straight. I didn't even turn. Like, it's, I was so worried about slowing down. Hey, it's fifth gear straight into the fence. I get caught right here on my chest and right on my, on my chin, and I front flip over the fence, and the four-wheeler just keeps going. It's just like gone forever. I'm Aaron Hernandez. I'm not messing with it. And I'm laying on the ground, and I get up. My shirt's ripped. There's blood coming from everywhere. Pouring down my shirt, pouring down my face. I look like I could be in Left for Dead. I was just like... And I stand up and I go, hey, Josh. I'm going to put my four-wheeler away. Josh comes flying over in his four-wheeler. And he says, hey, you popped my tires. Yeah. Can we go to a hospital, please? I'm covered in blood. It's terrible. I, literally, I, text, I, use my, I text my mom just a picture of me covered in blood. And I was just like, hey, it's me. It's fine. Don't worry. I was very upset at Josh. So there's something that Josh didn't tell me. Josh didn't tell me that this three-wheeler didn't have handbrakes. I mean, it had them, but they were like for show or something. They didn't work. What it did have was a foot brake, which is great if you know about it. 
What was irritating was that no matter how hard I squeezed the handbrake, the three-wheeler would not stop. I could have arms the size of Texas with a grip strength of 50,000 pounds, and I could squeeze that handbrake as hard as I could, and that four-wheeler would not stop. Nothing I could do would change the outcome of that situation. There had to be something different about the four-wheeler. I think this is kind of an idea that Jesus is going for. Three-wheeler, thank you. I think this is the idea that Jesus is going for. I think this is his why. We can't keep the old rules. Jesus, why are you making it even more difficult for us to keep the new rules? We can't do it. And he says, you are exactly right. No matter how hard you try, you cannot do it. Something has to change. There has to be something entirely different about the person. There needs to be a a new four-wheeler, if you will. One that has functioning handbrakes. One that works better than the last one did. One that doesn't run on coal, preferably. One that is not born of flesh and blood, but of the Spirit. One that's an entirely new creation. One that has its mind continuously transformed so that it doesn't operate and process like the old four-wheeler did. Rather, it operates under a whole new set of circumstances. It thinks differently. It processes differently. It acts differently because it's not the same thing that it used to be. I think this is what, I think this is one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think this is one of the main functions of the cross of Jesus. Is that these things that were once impossible to do, these rules that were once impossible to keep, that have become even more difficult, are now possible. Why? Because we are entirely different creations. We're made new. We have died to the old man, and now, as Paul says, we must get up and walk in the Spirit. There's this causative principle where God is causing us to do the good things. He's he's causing us to be able to do the good things. Let me clarify. To where these things that we want, there's no way, no way you could have done. There's no way you cannot think horrible things about people. There's no way you cannot lust after a person. But this new creature has something different about it. Something is different. The Spirit makes this stuff possible. C.S. Lewis has this cool imagery of a, of a bird. He says, if you take an egg and you put it in a tree, and you push it out of the tree... What's the egg going to do? Scrambled. Go ahead. He says, but if you wait and let that egg, you know, crack open into a little, nice little eagle or something, when you push it out of the tree, it'll fly. It's made of the same stuff, but something is intrinsically different 
about the substance. And it's now able to do the things that it once couldn't do. Guys, we have been called to do a very, very difficult thing, and that is to live a life that's not possible to be lived. We've been called to live a life holy and set apart from the world. A life where we follow God's commands, we live the life that he's called us to. And it's not possible to do, but Jesus makes it possible. The Spirit makes it possible. This is salvation. This is that moment. This is what the cross does, is it makes us new beings. So that's really all I have. So you guys feel free to go ahead and stand up and start moving kind of around the room. Um, and as you do, I want you to think about just a couple of things. We're going to talk about this a little bit later too in your, in your in smaller groups. What's something that you're struggling with right now that seems like it's impossible to fix? Something that you have fought for so long and you've said, this is not right, but I can't not do it. Second, what does it look like for you to let the Spirit renew you? What does that look like to you? We've got a very theoretical concept. What is that really? How do you do that? And my third question is, how are you going to pray about this? How are you going to pray about overcoming the struggle? What are you going to ask from God? We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.